Alright, you ready for the watch? Alright, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say, there's illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. Every confusion is dispelled. In this atmosphere, we say there is light, there is clarity. And we say we behold you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright, we're continuing our series on walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So, we said that um, the word conformed is from the Greek word schutzimatizo, and it implies to hat like, to assume a form, to remake oneself into what one is not, to look for another pattern, or to be fashioned like another. And I said it is used to describe a lifestyle, a lifestyle, your conduct, um, the, the way or manner of life you live it's used to describe that so the scriptures is telling us in Romans 12 verse 2 it says be not conformed to this world be not conformed means do not fashion your lifestyle according to the systems and the dictates of this world this world in as his own in first Peter 1 verse 14 it says not fashioning yourselves according to your former lust in your ignorance so that means there is a way and manner if someone behaves or a man behaves before he believes the gospel. And there is a way and manner in which when a man believes the gospel, he ought to behave. So we cannot keep behaving or conducting ourselves or our manner of life, our pattern of life, according to the dictate of how we were before we, become, before we became born again. We have to convert and walk in the spirit. And I said the word walking in the spirit or the word walk is, it means to tread on a path or it to tread on a path created for one. That is to convert oneself in a manner. To tread on a path created for one, it means there is already a path that has been created for you as a result of salvation. So that path, you are to walk in that path as a believer carefully. You are to walk in the line of that carefully. So it says to convert oneself in a manner. To convert oneself means to, it means to convert your thoughts, your words. How do you speak? How do you talk? Are you cautious with the way you talk or are you very loose with your speaking? What do you say? What's what kind of dressing? Your lifestyle will mean your dressing, the way you behave, your appearance, how people see you at work. Is it different from the way people see you in church? Do you have two different personalities? Do you have, um, I mean, some even have three different personalities. Some have a personality at church, some have a personality at home, some have a personality at work. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Your comfort and lifestyle 
has to be fashioned according to the dictates of Christ. So, to walk means to tread on the path created for one. Created for one means the, by virtue of you being born again, there is a path that has been created for you. So, that phrase, walking in the Spirit, means we are going to walk or convert our thoughts and words and lifestyle from the Spirit. We are going to convert our words, our lifestyle from the Spirit. And we were looking at um, the children of Israel, and we said that in Matthew 19, let's go back to Matthew 19. We said in Matthew 19, verse 8, Matthew 19, we can read the conversation there so that we can understand what is going on in Matthew 19. So Isaliasa said unto them, Have ye not read that that which made them male, made, that which made them at the beginning, made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man cleave, shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Verse 6. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What that what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And they say and they say and say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? In verse 8 he now said, And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Skarukadia in the Greek it says the uh, cause of the hardness of your heart. And we're saying, we're looking at and observing that word carefully there. We said in that verse 8 where it says, Moses because of the hardness of your, and I say your in the Greek is from the Greek word imon, H-I-M-O-N, and it could be used for you or you're referring to a specific audience. So when he says your, if I say your workplace now, I'm referring to a specific audience. So Jesus was referring to a specific audience by using that word Moses because of the hardness of your heart. So that your there is referring to an audience specific, a specific audience. So Moses wrote that instruction so we can safely say, that instruction that Moses wrote that he suffered them to put away their wives in the book of Deuteronomy was written because, was specifically for the people of Egypt, those who were leaving Egypt to Canaan. That cannot be for the believer in Christ today. Are you seeing it? So it was audience specific. So he said, Moses, because of your hardness of us, Moses, because of because of the hardness of your heart. So when you say your, can we say Moses because of the hardness of you Egyptians heart, right? Suffered them not to, suffer them, so um, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. So Moses wrote that instruction specifically to them. And who are them? The people the children of Israel, those that were living for Egypt to Canaan. 
So when you use that phrase, because of, is from the Greek word prosteen, P-R-O-S-T-E-N, P-R-O-S, pros and thin, T-E-N, prosteen. Uh, and that's the word because of, because of. And why do we use Greek? We use Greek because we have to go back to the original language to see how it was being used. So when we can go back to the original language and see how it was being used, we are able to see the word properly. So when it says because of now, so that word because of was translated from the Greek word prostein and it implies in response to. So that means we can safely say Moses because of so instead of saying because of now, we can say Moses in response to the hardness of your heart, right? Or Moses as a result of the hardness of your heart, right? Or Moses responded because of the hardness of your heart, right? Yes. All right. Because it's, so we're looking at that word in response to. So at that word, so let's look at the word suffered also. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered. That word suffered implies to allow, to permit to respond to, to allow, to permit, to respond to. And that word you there, where it says, Moses, because of the hardness of your life, suffered you. That word you also is translated from the Greek word imen. You know, yo is imon, H-I-M-O-N. This one is H-I-M-I-N, H-I-M-I-N. And again, this was buttressing the fact that Moses gave the law specifically to a specific audience. That is, to the Jews, those who left Egypt for Canaan. So that is, there was a request from their hearts before Moses' commandment as touching man's divorce, seeing his wife. So, he permitted them because of the hardness of their heart, because of their unyielding nature, because of their unbelieving nature, because of their stubborn nature, it permitted them to, to put away their wives. So when he says from the beginning, I've always told you before, the beginning we mean what? Genesis. Genesis. So the beginning we mean Genesis. So that means in the original plan of God, he already told us that the two in verse 6, it says, Therefore they shall no longer become twin, but one flesh. But therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put us under. So in God's original plan for marriage, divorce was not in play. Are you seeing it? So, but why did Moses now command them to divorce? Because of the hardness of their hearts. So can we say that's unbelief? Right? Can we say that's unbelief? Can we say that's rejection of the gospel? Can we say they were, they were walking in the flesh? Right? Can we agree that they were walking in the flesh? All right. So they were unyielding, stubborn nature. So it was a response to the rejection of rejection in their hearts. So was God's word. Now God's word mean the gospel. That was why Moses gave them that law. So there is a learning in Moses' narrative as touching the children of Israel, true numbers, and all of those things. There was a there was a learning for us to learn that in the that. In Moses' narrative of Exodus and the children of Israel, that is, the children of Israel, with those from Egypt, true to Numbers, that 40 years they spent in the wilderness also. You remember they spent 40 years in the wilderness? That 40 years they spent in the wilderness was also as a result of unbelief and hardness of heart. So can we call that walking in the flesh also? Right? Can we say they rejected the gospel? 
Alright. So now look at how Stephen explained this in Acts 7. Look at Stephen's explanation in Acts 7. Stephen's explanation of the narrative of Exodus in Acts 7. Let's go to Acts 7, verse 32 to 34, to 44. I'm sure you'll be wondering how does this link to the to working in the spirit? It's going to make sense very soon. Acts 7, verse 32 to 30 to 44. Let's read it's a long read. It's a saying, I am God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and thus not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off your shoes, for the place where thou standest is a holy ground. For I have seen, verse 34, I have seen, and I have seen the afflictions of my people, which is in, the, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groanings, and I have come down to deliver them. And now come, and I send thee into Egypt, saying, I send thee into Egypt. This was... Where am I? I'm in 35. Or, this Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God to be a ruler and a deliverer in the hands of the angel, which appeared to him in the bush. Verse 36. He brought them out, and after he had showed signs and wonders, after he had showed wonders and signs in, in the land of Egypt, and in the Red Sea, and in the Wilderness for in the wilderness forty years. That is, that Moses we said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise unto you of your brethren like me, and him shall ye hear. And this he that was in the church in the wilderness. So can we say there's a church in the wilderness now, mm-hmm. guys? So that can we say that those people that Moses was teaching to those are that's Moses's audience. Moses' church. Now, he says, This was said in the church of the wilderness, which the angel which spoke unto Monsena with our fathers, who received the lively oracles to give unto us. In verse 39, to whom our fathers would not obey. So now, uh, Stephen was writing and calling them the old people our fathers. He said, They did not obey. So can we say hardness of heart now? Unbelief to the gospel. He says, But trust him from them, and their heart thawed back against, again unto Egypt. Saying to Aaron, make us God. So are you seeing a deep, a, a clearer picture of what was going on in Exodus when they were making those golden calves? It's saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. As for this, Moses, which has brought us out of the land of Egypt, will not what become of him. Verse 41. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto idols and rejoiced in the work of their own eyes. Verse 42. Then God thundered again. Then God thundered and gave them us to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophet, O ye house of Israel, have you offered to slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years and wilderness? In verse 43, Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch, and the star of your God of Rephraim, figures which ye have made to worship him, and I carry you beyond away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed there speaking unto Moses, that ye should make it according as he had fashioned he has seen. So, we can safely say that Egypt represented bondage. Now, Egypt was where they came out from. They came out from Egypt, let my people go, and they were going to Canaan. Now, don't forget, they were still stuck with the land of Egypt. Can we say that? Can we say that they left somewhere, but they were still stuck to a lifestyle? Right? 
right? Now, and Egypt is characterized with bondage, slavery, oppression under a tyrannical ruler, and they were still stuck with that. Look at the Exodus 4, 14, verse 5. Exodus 14, verse 5. Exodus 14, verse 5. It says, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servant was turned against the people, and they said, What have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So can we call that bondage? That's bondage. Look at in verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, Exodus 14 and verse 10, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and built the Egyptians march after them. And they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. In verse 11, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore thou hast dealt with us with us, so carry us forth out of Egypt. In verse 12, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it has been better for us to serve the Egyptians, that we should die in the wilderness. These guys are, these guys are funny. It says, Better we that we die in this wilderness. <laughs> Look at verse 18. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. He has seen the salvation of the Lord, which he has shown you to this day. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God's plan and promise has always been redemption. Are you seeing it? Because he told them, the Egyptians you see today, she shall see them no more. Now, that's not a deliverance statement or using for deliverance. I say, brethren, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more. No, that's just God's terminology. This is terminology of explaining God's redemption. Are you getting it? I see, guys, you are already saved from those people. Those people you are going to see no more. Now, okay. Now, before I start doing my all linking and linking and linking, just to link a bit now. So, can we say, can we safely say a bit now in the working of the spirit that the kind of pattern we have seen in all we have lived before, we cannot live it again. Because we are we are believers, right? Can we say the life we have lived in the flesh? That's why Paul would tell us in Romans 6 and say, the life we live now in the spirit is no more the life we live in the flesh. Are you seeing it? Abi, how did he say that statement? I said, the life you live now in the flesh, uh, the life I live is no longer high, but Christ who lives with me. Uh-huh. So the life you live now is no longer yours, but now Christ lives in you because now you are born of the spirit. You are no longer obligated to live a life of the flesh. So, in Exodus, in, look at also in Exodus 3, verse 11 to 19. Exodus 3, 11 to 19. Just to save you the whole story of Exodus 3, verse 11 to 19. Moses was sent to deliver the children of Israel from Pharaoh and the Egyptian. And the name, you, you see that, you see in, that, in verse 14 there, in that Exodus 3, verse 14, it says, And God said to Moses, I am that I am. That word I am is translated from, is translated Yahweh. Yahweh in the Hebrew. That word I am is translated Yahweh in the Hebrew. In all of us, we use the word Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. That's the word Yahweh in the Hebrew. And it describes God's revelation of himself. These are things we are going to study much, much later in the future as we, as we, as we progress in God's word. And it, so that word Yahweh describes God's revelation of himself, his sovereignty, his salvation. So that is, 
I am what I am. What that statement means means I am what I am. In the original Hebrew, that's what it means. It means I am what I am and I will be what I will be to save. I am what I am and I will be what I will be to save. So, you know, we used to say, ah, the Lord is I am that I am. Actually, it is I am what I am and I will be what I will be to save. I am what I am and I will be what I will be to save. So that's the word I, so that word where it says, and God said to Moses, I am that I am. So now, is, is, can we say that is God telling Moses about his redemption plan again? Because he's going to save, right? So can we say God's plan has always been that? Has always been for salvation. Because he is the I am. So when we say, so if I come to you now and say, you know God is the I am. What am I telling you? He is what he is and he will be what he, is, what he will be to save. So can we say God is a savior? So can we say now? So can we safely say that is why he came in Christ Jesus? Because he is what he is and he will be what he will be to save. Can we say that's the incarnation also? We'll get we'll get to that point when we when we start the incarnation. Because that is actually the I am. He will be what he will be just to save man. That's the Yahweh. So so when so when the expression when, so so that's the use of the expression. It means I will redeem you. I will be to you a God. And he said to Moses, "Talk to them. I am I am sent you." So when is so when is when so Moses now when so Moses now we understand that statement of I am sent you. I am sent you. We mean uh, the God who saves sent you. Yahweh sent you. Are you seeing it? The God who will be what he will be to just to save will say. Are you are you seeing it? So. That is the use of the expression. It means I will redeem you. I will be to you a God. And it was a conclusive, it, and also it was a conclusive promise, the salvation plan. Look at the Exodus 6 also. It also, if you look at the Exodus 6 also, just to save you the whole story also that is going on in Exodus 6. In Exodus 6, it was not just to bring them out of, but also to take them out, to take them out of the land. So God's plan is not just to take you away from sin alone. Is also should take you to a new place. That is the that is the story you must get in the Exodus story. The Exodus story is not just God taking them away from Egypt. It is also God taking them to a new place. So remember, we start we started with saying we were led by the Spirit, and we said, "And go led is from the word and go." That is, you were taken out from somewhere and from to. Remember, from to. Where we said we said it in this story, from to. So, can we say the leading of the Spirit now is that God is taking us away from somewhere to somewhere? There is always a destination plan. So, can we say we now in Christ Jesus now, God has taken us away from the flesh and He has taken us to the Spirit? Can we say that? Yes. Can we say that? So, He did not just, so now, can we say God's redemption plan is that He did not just redeem you. Just to drop you somewhere. Remember, that was what the Egyptians thought in the wilderness. They just thought, ah, Moses, you have brought us to this wilderness to die. We would have just been better in the wilderness, in, in Egypt. Egypt, where there is bondage, where there is slavery, where there is tyrannical oppression, where there is everything. They will still say, why did Moses take them away to perish in the wilderness? Are you getting this now? So, they, they are not seeing that God's salvation plan. That's why Moses was telling them, ah, ah stand still. And see the salvation of God. That is, God's destination is always to take you from somewhere 
so is the, so are you saying where where Paul will get his narrative of a Colossians one verse twelve to thirteen now giving thanks to the Father who has delivered us who has uh, giving thanks to the Father who has made us partakers to the, uh, to be heirs of the kingdom of the who has delivered us of the kingdom of darkness and translated us so can we say it's from two. So he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and now translated us into the kingdom of light. So can we say that's the Exodus story also? Yes, that's what's happening to us too in redemption. So can we say that we have been delivered from the flesh and we are now in this in a place? Yes, so now that understanding has to fill your mindset. So that shows whatever the believer is struggling with today, whatever addiction, whatever sin he is, he has actually been delivered from it. You and I have been delivered from it. We are now in the realms of new life. Are you guys seeing it? Okay. Guys, are you seeing it? Yes, sir. All right. So, so we are to so, so to bring them out of, and we are to take them into the land. So, and that is God's work, an action that is uninfluenced. Look at in Exodus twenty nine verse forty six. Exodus twenty nine verse forty six. Exodus 29 verse 46. Is it making sense to you? Yes, Exodus 29 verse 46. Exodus 29 verse 46. Very soon now, I'll be teaching you just walking in the spirit strictly from very soon now. You know, most of my teachings now are still just only in the old Testament. We are still using epistles, epistles. Very soon, I will just treat, stay strictly with explaining everything. Like everything we are teaching now. I will have to reteach it again and I will just stay only on the new the old testament. Very soon. Even leading of the spirit, we will just stay solely on the old testament. Very soon. Sometimes, not now, in years to come. We are getting there. We're not done with we have not even scratched the surface of what we are doing yet. But very soon. I'm just giving you what I'm doing now is a teaser. And I'm, and I'm deliberately saying is that maybe in the next 10 years when we are doing it, or 15 years when we are doing that, you will be like, ah, Pastor said it in this message. <laughs> Alright, look at this Exodus 29 verse 46. It says, And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, and that I may dwell among them. So can we say God dwells with us today? So that means he brought us and delivered us out of darkness and is now dwelling with us today. Can we say that? Can we say that? Alright. And I am, their, I am the Lord their God. Now look at Exodus 32 verse 7 to 13. Exodus 32 verse 7 to 13. Exodus 32, verse 7 to 13. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people which, has, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Verse 8, And they thought aside quickly, out of the way, and I commanded them, and have made them a multi-calf, and have worshipped me, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. In verse 9, the Lord said to Moses, I have seen those people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Verse 10, And now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may was out against them, and that I may consume them, and that I make them a great, and I make thee a great nation. Verse 11, And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why are the rods what ought against the people which, are, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did bring them out and slay them in the mountains to consume them from the face of the earth, thorn from the fierce rod and repenting evil 
with thy people. Verse 13, remember, remember Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servant, to whom thou swearest by thy own self, and said it, I will multiply thy seed and the star of heaven and all the land, and I have spoken that I will give them to thy seed and shall inherit it forever. Now look at Exodus 33, verse 1 to 3. Exodus 33, verse 1 to 3. So despite all the miracles of Exodus, they were they left Egypt, but Egypt was still in their hearts. Are you seeing it? Despite all the miracles they saw, that's why. Just, just, just an aside. Eh, a church, a local church, and even in your fellowships also, you have to learn to balance the flow of the word and the flow of the spirit. See, honestly. If we want crowd, we'll just start doing supernatural, supernatural. We'll just say, okay, the next two months, eh, we'll just say supernatural Sundays, supernatural Sundays. Just we'll bring the sick, bring the sick. We'll just be healing the sick. We'll get few in no time. But see, it is actually the word that produces and bet people. Well, the people of Exodus saw miracles and did not believe. That's to tell you that. The teaching of God's word is much prominent in the, to the heart of the believer. And that's why you see some churches today, they are so dull in their spiritual understanding because only the pastor functions in the gifts of the spirit. So they are just look, waiting and looking for the man, waiting and looking for the man of God to come and do something. So despite all the miracles of Exodus, they left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave, leave them. So can we say now, for the Christian now, who has believed the gospel, can we say he left the flesh, but the flesh did not leave him? Right? We, can we say those people who are still acting somehow, whose conduct and lifestyles have not changed, can we say they left the flesh, right? They were delivered from the flesh, but the flesh has not left them. Right? Because they left Egypt, these children of Egypt now, they left Egypt, but the Egypt was still in their hearts. So the issue was their heart. And that's why Jesus told them in that Matthew 9 verse 18. That Matthew 19 verse 8. He says, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, sclerocardia in the Greek, suffered you not put away your wives. So, look at in Exodus 13 verse 1 to 3 also. It says, The Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up things. You will just see a land flowing with me, and only and all of those things. And that is, it is a from to action. So the issue has always been in the heart. And we saw that in Octo in Exodus in Acts 7. You can see Acts, Acts 7, verse 39 to 40 also. You see that there. Also, the, now let's see. Let's look at how the epistles also. Look at, look, at, look at how the writer of Hebrews taught us the deliverance also. Look at Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14 to 15. Because the writer of Hebrews taught the deliverance of the children of Israel from the authority of the bondage. That is, uh, authority of, from the authority. Authority will mean from the bondage. And that bondage will be Pharaoh. And Pharaoh will be like an open demonstration of the power of Egypt. <laughs> open demonstration of the power of Egypt. Now look at the Hebrews 2, verse 14 to 15. Hebrews 2, verse 14 to 15. It says, for as much as then, for as much then as the children of are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through that he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil. Look at verse 15. 
and delivered them who through their who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to body. Now, who was he referring to? The children of Israel, right? Alright. So look at look at another way he further explained it in Hebrews 3. Look at Hebrews 3, verse 14 to 18. Hebrews 3, verse 14 to 18. It says, For we for we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said, Today, if ye hear the voice, adding not your heart, as in the day of provocation. Now, when it says today, today is a salvation terminology. I've always explained this over and over and over and over and over and over and again. Today is a salvation terminology. Now, when it says, as in this day, adding not your heart, as in the day of provocation. Now, what was the day of provocation? Can we say that's the, day, the, the time of the children of Israel? Now look, look, look at the next verse so that you see how to read the scripture. Now look at the next verse. For some, when they heard, did provoke. How be it, not all that came out from Egypt by Moses. So can we say, some perished in the wilderness. Yes, and now why did they perish? Because of the hardness of the heart. Can we say unbelief? Yes, can we say because of walking in the flesh now? Yes, Alright. Now look at it, verse 4, 17. It says, but to whom he was great 40 years, was it not them that were seen whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And who swore them, and look, 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 look at something here. It says, and to whom swear he that they should enter into his rest. Now, when it says enter into his rest, can that be salvation? Because he has delivered them from somewhere into somewhere, right? So now it says, swear that they will enter into his rest. So now, the rest will be where? Can we say the kingdom of life? Because remember, they have gone from somewhere and they are about to enter a rest. So can we say rest now is God's salvation? Can we say rest is God's redemption? Yes, sir. Can we say rest is the spirit? Yes, sir. Are you seeing it? So, can we say rest now is the Sabbath? Yes, sir. Are you, are you seeing it? Because Sabbath means rest, right? Yes, so, can we say rest now, the Sabbath and the rest is, means the spirit? Because it means they were translated from somewhere, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his dear son. Remember that. So, that we say, those now that didn't believe, perished. Right? They perish in the wilderness. Look at, look at, look at Hebrews 4. Look, look at verse 19 before we go to Hebrews 4. Look at, see, so we see that they could not enter. Because of what? Because of what? No, look at it in verse 19 now. Because of what? Unbelief. Look at verse 4. Let us therefore, that's chapter 4, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us, left us of entering into Israel. Any of you should seem to come short of it. And I says, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. So can we say the gospel, Moses preached the gospel to them? Yes, sir. He as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So, the issue in the book of Exodus, true numbers, or true to numbers now. So that is Exodus true to numbers. That is, that's, so now, Exodus true to numbers can simply be characterized as the 40 years in the wilderness. Now, so... So if you read Exodus to Numbers now, you are looking at the activities of what was going on in, for 40 years in the wilderness that was now documented. Are you seeing it? So if you want to read Exodus now to Numbers, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, without me, Numbers, Abi? Numbers, oh, uh, 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 Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Now if you want to read that three books now, you are going to find the 40 years of what was happening. That's why you find murmurings. You find complaints. It is in those places that some people were murmuring. It's in those places that were idol worship. It's in those places that were doing a lot of things. 
that was the 40 years of unbelief. 40 years of unbelief to the gospel. Agnes of art. You will find a whole lot of stories there of how men sat with Adil, how men rebelled, rebellious stories, different things were happening. Because that was the documentation of the 40 years of their life in the wilderness. So that is now, the rejection was the rejection of the gospel. What they rejected then was the gospel. And today, what people are rejecting too is still the gospel. So Moses wrote the law to them because of the hardness of their heart. So their rejection, and that's their rejection to the gospel. So the land, Canaan now, where they were supposed to go. You know they were supposed to go to a promised land. Remember, remember, yes. Moses was supposed to deliver them and take them away from Egypt to where? The promised land, right? Now the promised land is Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, right? Mm -hmm. Right? All right. Now, so can we say where Moses was taking them to was the rest? Yes, sir. Right? That's their resting place. Can we say that's the inheritance in Christ? Yes, sir. Can we say that's the spirit? Yes, sir. Ah, you guys are not getting it. Yes, sir. Now, let me come back again. Moses went to them in Egypt. For some of you that don't know Bible stories, let me explain again. Now, what happened to those people? Now, if you read from Genesis, you will find out that there was a famine in Genesis during Joseph's, Joseph's tenor. Then the other 12 brothers of Joseph went to, the other brothers of Joseph went to Joseph in Egypt to, to beg for food. And because there was famine in everywhere in the land, they decided to dwell in Egypt and did not go. So generations after generations and after generations, the born children, they have now... They've now expanded. They have now captured them for slavery, for turmoil, and all of those things in Egypt. Now, God was not happy with that. God raised a man, Moses, to go and rescue all the children of Egypt, all the children of Israel from Egypt. Now, who is the children of Israel? Jacob's children. Remember, it's Jacob that had 12 sons, and his name was changed to Israel. So when we say children of Israel, we are saying Jacob's children. Jacob's generation, Jacob's lineage. Are you seeing it now? So now, they were in that Egypt. So we can simply say the way blacks are in America today. Let me use that word. Or let me say African-Americans, people from Algeria, people from uh, Africa, Ghana, all of those things. We should now say a man now, let's say somebody like Martin Luther, I was doing his reform. I have a dream. One day there will be a black and white someday. He should not say he wants to take all the black people away, all the African-Americans away from America. Are you seeing it? So that was how Moses was. Moses went to Pharaoh and said, okay, guys, I'm going to take you away. And that's how God does his thing. Now, his taking them away was to take them to a promised land. It was, and that, where's the promised land? Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. That was the same land that was promised to Abraham, the same destination that was promised to Isaac. Same destination that was not promised to Jacob. Moses was fulfilling that same thing. Are you getting me? Now, I've always told you, in the leading of God's spirit, it's always from and to, ago. So when he says, now you are children of God because you are led of the spirit. Now, that word led of the spirit will, will make you give you a direction. Because don't forget, that, that place where he used that led of the spirit, it was in Romans 8. And we have studied Romans 8 in the course of this series. We have studied that in Romans 8, it was giving us a comparison between what? The flesh and the spirit. 
So when he now says, now you are children of God and you are sons of God because you are led by the Spirit. So now that led by the Spirit will give you a decision of you are taking from somewhere to where to somewhere now. So now let's go back to, 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 to uh, Moses' story. Moses was to take them to the promised land. Now on their journey and their destination to the promised land, Moses has started preaching. Moses was preaching the gospel to them. Many of them did not believe. As a result of many of them not believing, that was where the law came in. That was where a lot of things came in. It prolonged. It was not like the unbelief prolonged their journey. Are you seeing it? So a journey that's supposed to take them a fewer time took them 40 years in the wilderness. A lot of them perished there. A lot of them could not see. So now, the Bible is not giving us to the narrative that they didn't even perish because they had to die. They died. So now they are now using their death perish. Are you seeing the Bible narration now? They would naturally have died, right? But the Bible is now using the word perish because a man who does not believe the gospel, remember I told you, he is gone. He has perished. I've always told you that. Are you seeing it? So now, naturally now, maybe they are even old. Maybe they are even tired and they died. But before that they did not believe the gospel, the Bible retained that narrative that they were perished. Are you seeing it? So in that 40 years, they perished. They were gone. So you cannot see them again. So now, those who now believe will go to the promised land. Now, and that promised land was the resting place of God. That's the rest. The Bible made us understand that's the rest. We can call the church today too his rest place. The church is the believer. So when a believer is saved now, can we safely say, is safe from the world to the church. Yes, can we say that? Can we say when, no, 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 say when a believer now. Can we say when a man is saved now, he is safe from the world, the activities of the world, to the church. So can we say the church today now is God's resting place? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing it? Yes, sir. So now, that place where the Lord says, uh, on the Sabbath day, all of those things, he rested. Are you seeing? So his resting can, can his rest now be salvation plan? Hey guys, yes, is this, are you are you really following me, guys? Did I lose anybody? So can we can we say his rest now is is a salvation plan? Yes, sir. Because don't forget where was Moses taking them to? To the, to the promised land. Can we say that's the rest? Yes, sir. Can we say that's the spirit? Yes, sir. Can we say that's where the inheritance is? Yes, so now when Ephesians thirteen, Ephesians one now made us to say that we have received the inheritance of the spirit. Can we say it is because we are in the promised land? So can we say the believer is in the promised land today? Now, that promised land is where? The spirit. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Is it making sense? All right. So the rest, the everything is in Christ. And that's the spirit. So can we say, you know, the Bible says, look, 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 let's go back to that Exodus 33 again. Let's go back to that Exodus 33 again. Quickly, 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 quickly. Quickly, quickly. Now look at something. It says Exodus 33, verse 1 to 3. Can we quickly, quickly, quickly? Are you enjoying this? Yes, look, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up, thou the people, which art thou brought out of the land of Egypt, unto the land I swear to Abraham. So are you seeing that this thing has not, it was not just Moses' coin, it has been what God has always wanted, that may we go into his promise, his, 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 his resting place. So it says, 
he has brought up into the land of Egypt, unto the land I swear to Abraham. So can we say that was what God promised Abraham? That was what God promised Isaac also, and to Jacob, saying, unto thy seed I will give it. So can we say that promise has been fulfilled today? Because now we have the Spirit. Are you seeing it? Now look at it. I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Ethelites, the Perizzites, the Ethelites, and the Jebusites. Now this Jebusite, anytime my pastor is reading this Jebusite, my pastor is saying, mm hmm. He doesn't, let's skip that, let's skip that, because he's from me, Jebu, so he doesn't like to, he doesn't like, he doesn't like, he doesn't like to say this, so he said he will look for another coinage for this word, Jebu, so he said, nah, I cannot, I cannot keep you insulting my, my tribe when I see it. So as I just said it, he just remembered, I just, I just remember that he said it. Now, if you look at verse 3, he says, unto a land flowing with meek and honey, for I will go up into the midst of thee, and unto thou is stiff-necked people, lest I consider them. Now he says, so now can we say in the promised land, there, that land is a land flowing with meek and honey? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, in the meek and honey today, can we say that's the reality of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Can we say the meek and honey now will be gifts of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Can we say the reality of the meek and honey now will be love, joy, righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit? Are you seeing it? Yes. Guys, are you seeing it? Yes. So are you seeing that the Bible's narrative has always been one? Are you seeing it? So now, God too now came down as a man to deliver us from bondage and also to the kingdom of what? His dear son. Are you, do you, are you enjoying the scriptures? You guys are so cool for my liking. Yes, sir. So there were spiritual realities. So can we say, inside the land of Canaan now, which we are in today, can we say, in the spirit, we are in the land of Canaan? Yes, sir. So can we say, inside the land of Canaan, we are in God's resting place. Yes, sir. We are in God's fine. Yes, sir. We are in today. Because he said, he says today, adding not your voice. So can we say we are we have entered our today? Yes, sir. Can we say we are where gifts of the spirit are? Yes, sir. We are where the fruit of the spirit are. Yes, sir. We are where rejoicing is. Yes, sir. We are where joy is. Are you seeing it? Yes, sir. Because we are in the spirit. Can we say we are where visions and revelations are? Yes, sir. Because we are where? In, in the, the spirit. spirit. Can we say that is the land that God promised Moses? Yes, sir. God promised Abraham. God yes. promised Isaac. God promised Jacob. Are you yes, seeing? Now look at how Paul stated it in Galatians 3. Look at Galatians 3. You're going to love the Bible. I'm, I, I tell you, you're going to. Galatians 3, verse 14 to 18. He says that the blessing of Abraham, now, now you should understand the blessing now, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Can we say the promise of the Spirit is what they promised um, the children of Israel? True faith. Look at verse 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, Though it be a man's covenant, yet it be confirmed. No man disannulled or added thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed and the promises made, he said unto, unto the seeds and as of many, but as of one and thy seed which is Christ. And this I say that the covenant which was confirmed before God in Christ, the law which was four hundred and thirty years, cannot disannul it. Why? Yeah. Now, this, why? Why did they say the law which was four hundred and thirty years before him? That is, the thing that God has told Abraham even before the law ever existed, 
cannot spoil that same plan. Now, because you know the law was like an altercation. Because look at in look at in verse um, look at in verse eighteen. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. And oh, forget the law came before Abraham, right? Yes, Guys, the law the law came after Abraham. Sorry. All right. Now look at look at verse nineteen. It will now say, "Wherefore then served the law? It was added because of what? It was added because of challenge. Can we say because of the hardness of heart, unbelief, till the seed should come, and whose promise was made? Are you seeing? So that means what God has promised Abraham, nothing could stop it. Nothing could change that promise, because it was God's promise. Now look at the look at the Galatians five verse eighteen. Look at Galatians 5 verse 18 now. He now says, But if ye be led off the spirit, remember ago, led off, take it from somewhere, right? Yes, to somewhere, right? Yes, if ye be led off the spirit, ye are not what? Because you are not under the bondage of where you were coming from, right? Yes, are you seeing it? So when they say you are not under the law now, it will mean because you are not led of the bondage you are coming from now, you are now in another new world. Are you seeing the difference? Are you seeing why we can safely say we are not under the law? Are you seeing it? Because you are not under a bondage life. Because you have been led of the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 18. Are you seeing it? So Paul's explanation now of a man led by the Spirit is that he is not under the law. Is in the new birth. Can we say that now? That the believer in Christ today now is in the new birth. Why? We are not under the law now, but under what? The grace of God, and we are in the spirit. Now, why are we in the spirit? We have left, we have so can we say, can we you know the a part in the scripture made us to understand that we have passed from death to life. Can we say from bondage, right? To grace, right? Can we say from the flesh to the spirit? Yes, sir. Are you seeing it now? Because a man who is born again is born of, is of the new birth, and he's taken out of the flesh by faith in the gospel. He is not under the law. Under the law now, we mean in context now, Moses' principle, Moses' condemnation, right? Moses' judgment, right? That if you look at your wife, if you, if you, if you build the house on a balcony, death. <laughs> if you wear what belongs to a man, sort of it that wearing trousers are not in today's service. You know trousers that belongs to a man. You wear what belongs to a man, you're gone. That was why. Are, you know, look at something. Look, look at the hypocrisy of something. Have you ever wondered why they wanted to stone the adulterous woman? You know, for an adulterous woman to be stoned, for them to catch, you know the Bible says that she was caught in the very heart of the adultery. For there to be an adulterous woman, there must be an adulterer. There must be... A, <laughs> there must be a him beside. No, they did not stone the him. Is the woman? <laughs> That's because they were all down. That is why Jesus now said, Ah ah, who is without sin? Cuts the first two. Ah ah, ah ah. You, are you seeing that? So are you seeing the kind of law they were under? The guy goes scot free, but the woman 
must be stoned to death. <laughs> so that means. <laughs> so are you see that we are really, really saved from the blow of sin and death. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a man in Christ now, I'm trying to round up now. As a man in Christ, there is no condemnation from the law of the sin. Now, let's go back to Romans 8, verse. Romans 8, now, it's going to make sense. Now, let's read. You know, we've been reading Romans 8 now. Now, let's read it again now. With all the, exam- with all the explanations are given to us, it's going to make sense. Look at Romans 8 now. Can you and I say? Let's everybody go there. Romans 8. Are you there? Yes. Now, can you and I say, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which walk in Christ Jesus? Yes. Right? Why would we say there's no condemnation? Because we are not what? We are not under Moses' law, right? We are not under his principles again, right? We are not longer in the flesh. That is why he now says, who walk not after the flesh? Can we say those who walk after the flesh were Moses' people? Yes, sir. Can we say those who walk after the flesh were in bondage? Yes, sir. Can we say those were those in the Egypt? And you see where Paul picked his narrative from now in writing? Yes, and that says, who walk not after the flesh, but what? After, after the, the So you and I now, we are in the spirit. So are you see where there is, are you, so where they say there is no condemnation now? Can you see the exact meaning of no condemnation? Yes, so nothing can accuse you as a believer. Have you seen it? You have nothing to say. Oh, you, you, are, you are wrong. You did this wrong. But in the spirit. Now look at it, verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Can we say, can we say this salvation? Yes. The sir. new birth? Yes. Sir. Right? Believing the gospel? I respond now. You guys, yes, sir. Say, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and the cow. That's the unbelief. Yes, sir. Bondage? Yes, sir. Are, are you seeing condemnation? Yes, sir. All right. Now look at it, verse 3. It says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh for sin, condemns sin for the flesh. Now, can we cross-reference this to Romans, 2 Corinthians 5.21, where it says, Him who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we can be called what? The right. So can we say God took all the, all the condemnation. That was why the Bible says it, was, it became a cause thing. Galatians say it was hung on the cross. That hung on the cross means he is now a cause thing. Can that cause thing mean he has taken on the condemnation? Yeah. All the, all the name, all, all everything he has taken it upon himself. And he has made you and I free. Glory to, Glory to God. This alone should make you wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. It says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Look at it, verse 5. It says, but they that are in the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh. You know you and I are not there again. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Glory to, Glory to God. We are not under the law, I'm right? We are not under the bo- we are not under bondage. I'm not under bondage. We are not in condemnation. I'm not in condemnation. We are not in that place again. I'm not in that place. We are not. Again. We are not there, because it says for they that are after, but they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, they what? Things of the 
So now you are going to mind your new nature, right? Yes. You are going to you are going to focus on your new life, right? Yes. You are going to focus on your right and inheritance in Christ, right? Yes. You are going to focus on. It's just like saying you left. Let's use the word. Let's say you left um, Indiana now to New York. You are going to focus on the New York life, right? Yes. And leave Indiana to Indiana life, right? That's, that's his it is. Now look at his verses. He says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. So you see why you have life and peace? Because yes. you, you are spiritually minded. See, but the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. He says, For they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So can we say those who are in the flesh are those who have rejected the gospel? Yes, Can we say those who are in the flesh are those in bondage? Yes, bondage, you mean because they have not believed, right? A man who is in bondage, look at it, hold on now, hold, hold your hands here, look quickly, go to Hebrews 2 and see the bondage that people are in. So you see why we keep preaching the gospel and everything. Just put your hand there and look at it, go to Hebrews 2. Go to Hebrews 2, verse 15. See Hebrews 2, verse 15. Is this, and he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So can we say a man who has not believed his God, the gospel, is actually subject to bondage. He's actually in bondage. Are you, are you seeing it? Now, and where did they get this narrative from? Exodus. The Exodus people, right? Yes, so can we say they used, can we say the, the story was speaked now from their physical oppressions, their physical bondage, and it has now become a spiritual reality to us. Are you seeing it? So can we say now, a man who has not believed the gospel now is actually in chains. So that's why that song, that, uh, uh, that song, um, that song of uh, to break every chain, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain. The believer in Christ does not have a chain. Glory to God. Glory to God. It is a man who is not saved that has chains. You and I don't have any chains. We are not dogs. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. <laughs> I think I explained this dog thing to yes. you too before. Yes, sir. We are not dogs. <laughs> we don't have chains. We don't have chains. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, there's, a, there's a power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To be, we can sing that in an evangelistic meeting when we're trying to get people born again. Yes, but to the man who is saved in the church service, ah, no, no. We don't have chains. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because we are free people here. We are free people. We have already. So can we safely say now, the church now, is God's resting place. Yes, sir. Because a man has been saved from the world, has been let loose from the world, and now he's resting in the church today. Yes, sir. Are you seeing it? Yes, sir. So are you seeing when that song says resting through his church? Are you seeing the, the meaning now? Yes, sir. Because we are God's resting place. Glory so God. when it says God rested now, can we say he's here? He's resting in our service. Yes, sir. He's resting in our church. Yes, sir. In all your fellowship meetings. Yes, sir. That is it. Glory to God. So now let's go back to Romans 8 as we round up. Here we go, we glory. Are you enjoying this? Yes, sir. says, for they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Look at it, verse 9. That says, but you are not in the flesh. Say, I'm not in the flesh. I'm not in the flesh. But we are. In the spirit. And that says, if so be that 
the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mother body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Look at verse Brethren, therefore brethren, we are not debtors. So you don't owe the flesh anything. Guys, you don't owe the flesh. You don't owe Egypt anything. Are you, are you seeing? Now, this narrative now, you remember I told you I said, they left Egypt, but they were still living like in Egypt. Yes, sir. Right? So can we tell somebody who is saved now and say, guys, you don't hold that place you were coming from anymore. You know, he's a man who holds, let's say you left Indiana now to come to New York. Now, you know, if you hold Indiana, if you hold some debt in Indiana now, that debt in your mind, that debt you owe in Indiana now will still be in your mind. It will still be making you not free that, ha, ah, oh, if you see the call of somebody from there, you'll be thinking, hey, it's because of the money that I owe now, this and that and that. But the Bible is making us understand. You don't owe the flesh anything. He says, we are, look at what he says. He says, we are debtors, not to the flesh. Aya. So, he says, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. But what, where are we debtors to now? To live after the flesh. We are now debtors to now inside the spirit. So, we now hold the spirit our right living. Are you seeing it? We now hold the spirit walking in the spirit. Are you seeing it, guys? We are debtors to live after the spirit. Look at it in verse 13, it now says, For if ye live after the Spirit, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. In verse 14, it now says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God. Led is called taking to, taking from Antora, from when they are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The Son. For ye have not received the spirit of fear again. Are you seeing it now? Yes, Why did he say again? Because of the old life. Are you seeing it? Yes, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Are you seeing it now? Yes, that cry out, Abba, Father. So the believer in Christ, or the man in Christ, has no condemnation. From the law, the spirit of death. Hallelujah. So you see, that we are in Christ, a new creature. We are in Christ, a changed man. So now, you can naturally walk in the Spirit. Say, I can naturally walk in the Spirit. I can naturally walk in the Spirit. So can you say that you can naturally live right? Yes, sir. You can naturally talk right. Yes, you can naturally dress right. Yes, you can naturally act right. Because you don't owe the flesh anything. You don't owe the unsaved world anything. You are now a man of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and let's just bless the name of the Lord and just bless him. Bless him and bless him. There's no condemnation for them we share in Christ. There's no condemnation for them we share in Christ. Because I'm not bound by the law, I'm not bound by sins. Sing that song, come on. Sing that song.